Man. Yeah, we lost the whole episode. It's the first time. <laughs> Bro, I don't even know how that happened. I was sitting there yeah. and downloaded like that. Sick. I, I was trying to piece together like I got the first part but then it was too much to even recover like way too much loss so what is this episode I've been trying that's what I was thinking about earlier today is this episode 25 is this episode 24 point last time we lost the episode it was 0.5 so this is 24.5 24 and a half mm, pretty much I'm your host AJ Hughes we're here with my co-host Antonio Hughes How's it going, bro? How you doing? Uh, pretty good. I just had classes today and um, started editing for Auntie. Um, I'm kind of waiting on her designer to get done with one of the um, graphics I need for the video, but really just doing that. And um, yeah, it's just class, bro. It's a lot of a lot of schoolwork. Like, bullshit. When you what you end up getting into yesterday for people watching? I went to Family and Friends Weekend at FAMU. But I left early in the morning, so I didn't see you yesterday. What'd you do? Uh, I mean, yesterday, I just, I was at home most of the day. Like, I had a lot, like I said, a lot of homework to do. I had some stuff to catch up on. And um, I hung out with some friends out here, but I, I really didn't do much because I, I didn't want to waste no gas either. Like, I really didn't have nothing to do Sunday. That's what I usually do. I just go to the gym and then get some work done. Yeah, I was um I had a good time. I wanted to I wanted to ask you this. Like are most parties that not just you go to at FAMU, but most parties you go out to, like is that usually the vibe? Like is there usually dancing when you go out or is more just a lot of the same where everybody kind of chilling and vibing and there might be a couple moments where people are dancing but not many. I feel like it depends on where I go like when I was back home a lot in the city, everybody was dancing like all the time. I feel like, it, and if they weren't dancing, it was a whole lot of like people being up talking. It wasn't tables set up like that. Um, I just feel like that club was set up weird. I didn't like how it was set up with it being that clumped together with the tables. Like I understand having a few tables on the outside, but usually there's like a middle area where people are dancing. And I mean, even when I would go to University of Illinois, University of Iowa, wasn't like that like I just feel like it was just a different type of vibe and I mean even down here most of the stuff I've been to has been like really packed parties or um pots is like the other club that we didn't go to I was thinking about taking you to and um that one they have like a big area for dancing and people dance there every single night and then um there's like a few tables but I feel like the tables are usually like I said on the outside it's not usually set up like that I didn't really like how it was set up yeah I've out here there's like there's a couple of different styles like you got like the hookah bar lounge area which is like I feel like what they're attempting to go for the club we went to I forget what it was called what was it called uh top flight top flight so I think that's what they were attempting to go for like when you out here there's a couple like hookah bars and just lounges where it's like they have like enclosed areas or tables that you that you buy and then you take up the area and it's like depending on where you're at 25 50 100 like depends on how the night is but they have that and then even those hookah bars a lot of them i would say most of not all of them but most of them have an area to dance whereas that one didn't really seem to have it was weird it was like they had like the perimeter and all the tables in the middle and everybody was just like sitting in the middle or crowded around the bar so I'm like, I didn't know like what the vibe. It was weird, and they were playing dancing music too. That's why I was more confused. It was playing good music in there. Yeah, it kind of felt like 
I don't know, like, it looked like one of those things you see in a TV show where it's, like, people are speed dating, like, the way it was set up. Like, the tables were super close to each other and, like, it's one person, one person. But I don't know, like, I had never been to that club and Javon had told me, like, I came back and I asked him, like, yo, how do you think? Because the party we went to after, um, that was what he originally was thinking about going to. But then we ended up going to that club. And... When I went in and asked him, he said it kind of is that type of vibe, but usually it get, it'll get decent towards the end. So I don't know. I, I think I think yeah. it's how that place is set up. Yeah, it was. I mean, it really. And if you look at the crowds, like the the crowd of the first place we went to was a lot older. Yeah. The one in the the second we went to was a lot younger. So I could see why you like trying to get a little bit of everything, but. Uh, like I was telling people, I'll definitely be back out there. I want to go out some more and just see more of the campus and stuff like that. I'll probably be back before the end of the semester. So, Yeah, I didn't take you to the strip either. That one's like a big, long street full of just clubs and bars. There's like five or six on the one street. I haven't been down there, but I got some like people that I've met that told me about it or asked me to come down. I just haven't gotten to go. But I was thinking about taking you there too. But when you come back, we'll definitely do something different. Sure. Sounds good. Tally, yo, Tally, I was um yesterday I was watching yesterday night I was watching uh the the Jerry well when we were at the club the Jerry Springer song came on the uh by Tory Lanes. Was that is Jerry Springer, right? No, Jerry Sprunger, something like that. Sprunger, Jerry Sprunger. I didn't realize how I didn't realize he just copied the uh I'm sprung song video with uh, T-Pain. It's the, like the same setup of the video. And that's what the flip on it was, which I thought was kind of dope. But I'm pretty sure T-Pain's from Tallahassee, right? Somewhere down here. It's either Tallahassee or, um, oh, I don't even want to say Tampa. I don't even want to throw him on Tampa if he's not It is Tallahassee. It is yeah. Tallahassee. But, um, yeah, I watched, I watched that video yesterday, the I'm Spring video with T-Pain. And one, I always, I know this, but I always forget that uh, Akon found T-Pain. You know what I'm saying? Without Akon, we don't get T-Pain. And uh, now seeing what Tallahassee is and knowing that T-Pain was from there, it kind of makes sense. Like each city in Florida has their own vibe, but they're all kind of similar. Yeah, see, I, I, I wouldn't even know. Like I was kind of confused when I saw that Nardo Wick even was from Jax. I didn't know that or... That's a Jacksonville ass nigga. That's a Jacksonville ass nigga. Uh, but yeah, new music. Um, I thought about recapping what we did last week, but I feel like at this point, um, I could just give a little bit of recap of what I'm still listening to from last week because um, there was a couple of things that dropped in the Cleo Soul tape, the Cleo Soul album, and then also the Diddy project. Um, there's a couple of songs I'm going back to on there, but I'm not going to lie, I'm not really, I don't want to say I'm not in an R&B mood, but I feel like I'm getting back into reggaeton and Afrobeats the last week or two. So it kind of fell out the rotation silently, not because it's bad, but just because there's so much other stuff out right now. What have you been listening to? Uh, honestly, I think the Cleo Soul is still kind of been in rotation. Um, honestly, that Mick Jenkins album came back in my rotation. I'm not going to sit here and talk about that, but that's just something else I've been listening to. Um I tried to kind of get into the Doja album, but when I was listening to that, it was kind of, I don't know, it was feeling real skippable to me for some reason. I don't know if it was just the day I was listening or the mood I was in, but that's something that I've been kind of, I, I, 
I'm gonna have to listen to that again. Like I don't know if I think it might have just been the mood, but I don't know. Yeah, I, a bunch I, of stuff. I hear the um, I keep hearing the Doja Cat Kendrick Lamar comparisons in terms of like how like her delivery, not in terms of content, but just the delivery <laughs> and. I thought it, I think it's interesting because in the same way, a couple months ago, I had a moment where I went back to uh, to Bimba Butterfly, which was my favorite Kendrick album, and I was listening to it one night, like all the way through, and I still love it. I just to preface this, but I can understand how a lot of people didn't like it, just because it, um, and it, a lot of people said that about uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers was that it was almost like an audio book or an audio experience less than like actual an album you know what i'm saying there's those album cuts where it, they don't feel like songs you know what i mean and i think the way that she ends up uh back to doja the way she delivers on some of these songs it makes it a hard listen top to bottom it does make it a little bit of a hard listen for me top to bottom um i'm not sure why yet but i went back to parts of it that i didn't like initially today and yesterday, like the first part, I like the second part more than the first part on the first listen. But today, I like the first part a little bit more. So I think it's one of those things where you listen to a couple songs, but I don't know if it's going to be something where I'm listening straight through right now. I just don't, I don't think that project is for that, for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to listen to like bits and pieces. Like, I feel like if they're making that Kendrick comparison, I could kind of see it because it was something, To Pimp a Butterfly was something I definitely grew with. Like, I think you need kind of age and experience to understand what he was talking about and you just need to hear the songs a couple of times and I think it was delivery like I think a lot of the way she was coming on the songs didn't hit my ear right personally and I definitely think it's something I gotta go back to because I, I felt like there was some good raps on there like I heard some good verses or potential for good verses and there was just certain stuff I was just like eh, I was like I can't do it like yeah, I thought she was going to over-deliver, but it didn't feel like that. It felt like it's just pretty good right now. Yeah, but I, I think that's like a that's like a real thing in music. Like, people expect every album an artist puts out to be, like, the one. Or, like, like how people always say, I hate it, too. People are always like, <clears throat> this has to be Drake's classic rap album. Or, like, this has to be the one. When it's like, why can't he just make a good album? Like, why can't it just right. be good music? Why does it have to be the one? But, yeah. Yeah, I, I hip hop conversations are interesting to me too because there's always people are always talking about how hip hop is the only genre in which you're like ranking them and it's competitive and you know it's like top fives and top tens and stuff like that and it makes me like I one thing they always bring up in those conversations is the fact that uh like Drake doesn't have a classic album right it's like who decided that a classic album is the criteria in the the subjective top 10 conversation right like ideally you look at a lot of the people in that group you can sort of point to one specific album or a couple of albums in which it was just phenomenal like uh like if you're talking about like a nas or a jay-z or somebody but i think that in this new era of music things are always changing right and i think the album has it it holds significance but it has become less important over time if we're just being honest. And so the guy who's been in the front of that era might not have a classic body of work to the rap heads, but it's still like, there's, there's, he's got more hits than the Beatles. Like what the fuck can you say to that? 
I mean, I think it's more so like if you're looking at the field, though, like if you're saying the best rappers, like let me compare it to basketball. Like if you're saying the best um, hoopers, most of them in the NBA, at least have a championship. Right. So that's something you can point to in every really good player to be like, oh, yeah, that makes him a good player because he won a championship. But I mean, on the rap side, I feel like what? No, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna ask you because I had this conversation with uh Derek Dorsey the other day and I say I don't I don't give the championship as much weight as everybody else does. I think everybody else gives it more weight than I do, and I was one who was focused on winning. What do you think? Do you think it's a it's criteria in that conversation? Like when they throw Jordan six rings in your face, like do you do you say like okay, this is like this is valid? I mean I think it shows the ability to carry a team, right? But I don't think it automatically makes you a good player because, I mean, doesn't Rick Barry have, like, not Rick Barry, um, oh, what's that guy's name that played on the Lakers and the Spurs? He was on every Robert Ory? Yeah, Robert Ory. Robert. He has, like, seven, eight championships. I don't think that makes him top, top 50, top 25. But I definitely think it does have something in that conversation because only one team could win every year out of the 64 teams. And, I mean, I feel like you have to have – it has to hold some type of weight. But I don't think it just automatically makes you the best player of all time or the greatest. Yeah, we had a – we were talking about – they're talking about Dwayne Wade versus James Harden on the timeline. And I was just being polarizing. and I said James was better than, than Dwayne Wade. But then, like, now that I think about it, that was kind of OD. But it's closer than people think. I think it's closer than people think. Because if you look at, like, player versus player, like, yes, Dwayne Wade won more. But I would say James Harden is a better scorer. I say he's a better shooter. I say he's a better passer. I'd say, I mean, he he's ahead of him in steals, personally. And he's played less games at this point. This is all, like, this is a real basketball conversation for a second. But... <laughs> Like I say, the only the only place in which Dwayne Wade leads uh, James Harden is like defense potentially and rebounding, and and you could and James Harden is I think he has more rebounds than Dwayne Wade. But I say all that to I say all that to say like I look more about like I guess the intent like the actual skill sets as opposed to like the whole like the the pick the um. The championship or the album in this case back to music yeah. right and i just think like if we're talking about rapping like the the barometer used to be just get out there and freestyle and maybe it's not that anymore but it's, it's just one song you pick his best song and his best song like you could put drake's best raps top 10 raps up against anybody else's top 10 raps they might not be the same project but i think like we don't have to look at it the same way because this is fucking art and you can kind of like to construct your argument in any way. So I just be looking to poke holes in people's arguments. And that's what I would say to anybody who refused the point of like, Drake doesn't have a classic. Like, fuck a classic. He got more, I, I, like that was a, like the coldest bar. He has more hits than the Beatles. Cause it's a fact, it's a fact. And at that point it's like, fuck the album. Yeah, I, I feel like it doesn't hold as much weight anymore. Especially like, cause everything's so fast nowadays. Like a new album comes out every single week. So how could you really have a classic to where it's like, people got to live with this album. I feel like artists don't get that chance to even live with their own albums. Like they have to keep up with what's going on and 
can't really. I mean, you got you kind of just got to put out music. You kind of just got to go. Like I feel like that's why I don't think Young Boy is a person. I don't think he'll ever have a classic album because he just puts out a new album every three months. Like I would say maybe you don't think so. I, I would say maybe um, AI, not AI Young Boy too. What's the top, top, the one where he's like all black with the gray background and stuff. That one's really good with like um, My Window with Lil Wayne and like that album, right? I would say- probably, I think you're right though. I think you're right. What? That now that I'm thinking about it, like the people who release a, a heap of a lot of projects might not have a classic project, but I was that, yeah, they might not have a classic project. Like- uh. I was listening to La Russell last week, and La Russell got classic records. And I think uh, uh, the first, what's the first project called? Uh, the Field Effect Two, I think. The one with uh, Do You Dance? That's a classic project to me. But he has put out like twenty five projects since, and I don't, I don't have a top project of his, but I have top singles. Because I feel like you kind of have to pick through stuff like that. Like when a person is giving you. 30 and it'd it be like it'd be the niggas who like come on and give you long albums they're not even giving you like short eight to ten song projects little eps every couple weeks no it's like i'm giving you 20 to 30 songs every single time and you're just gonna have to pick favorites off of this because like there's just too much music like there's too much going on that's why you'll miss music half the time like yeah i get i and now that i yeah i think this is I think that's what people have to think about today too. Even uh, Nas had us in his on Fever, the intro to his last project. He had a bar, which made me think about Larosa in the same way. Where he was like, he's not concerned with like release dates and all that. He said these are digital assets. You know what I'm saying? And he's looking at it more of that's what it is. He's looking at his body of work as the compilation of all the music he's ever put out, as opposed to. Uh, the al the specific album and i guess in today's world like i always like what is the what is the quantifier that people use it's money it's money fuck the sales fuck the streams it's money right so if the the total culmination of your uh your catalog is the actual asset that you're evaluating then i guess in a way you want to put out as much as possible or you want to have a higher volume because you're trying to look at what is this whole thing worth. It's not just this one project. And you might have a single or something on that project that does really well, that carries the album. But if it's a whole package deal, then it's like, you're giving them a thousand songs. Like it's not really gonna matter how many projects it is. I do feel like there's those people who have never had to do that though, because they've put so much time and effort into the quality of making one album. Like if you sit there and look at the fact that J. Cole has what, four, five, six albums right now. Like he doesn't, <clears throat> well, at least solo albums. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but like, or Kendrick has four or five albums. Drake only has eight, nine out. Like when you put real time and real effort into every single album to where it's like, this makes people want to live with it, then you don't have to sit there and put out a bunch of music for it to be worth a lot too. Like, I feel like it can be worth it. It can, you can, Oh my god! You could eat off stuff like that forever. I, I hear, I hear that, I hear that. But then I would, my follow up to that would be, what rapper in this era is releasing albums at a cadence like that? That that came in the streaming era. That's releasing albums like that. That's eating. 
like the out all the artists you just named came pre-streaming where the rollout and the album was a lot more significant and so i wonder like who who started in this type of era didn't take some approach like this right you could argue i would my first the first name that came to my head was russ but he started off with the single but he started off with the single he did this in a different way his catalog is just as big like like the people i'm talking about but he did it with singles so do you think that's like who else no and that's the thing you're right i can't think of anybody else like anybody who did it's almost like the whole reason conversation like how many reason songs can you name because he hasn't put out nothing like substantial he doesn't have enough like or he doesn't have enough test test drives or test work or whatever you want to call it to be able to yeah yeah you know what i mean i guess yeah i kind of lost my train of thought with that one yeah no you're, you're good you're good i i agree with that i think uh I think when you look at Russ, the whole thing with Russ was like, I'm going to put out a ton of different types of music to sort of feel out what's working. And you can sort of see like, one, he just got better at making the music. And when he makes a project, I feel like it's a, it's really well-rounded. I feel like he has the skill to really put that project together. So maybe it's not, I don't know if the single a day thing works or not, but I do think there is something to putting up a volume. It's like a volume of shots, bro. It's just whether they see them or not. Right, like you hear the even the top dog artists, they got uh, four albums that just get cut and be like, nah, start over type shit. So it's like they're making songs. So I don't know. I I think we're getting into the weeds of like how artists are releasing music, and most people don't care. It's like, are you gonna give me a good song or nah? But I do think that the statement that having a classic album nowadays with volume is almost dead. Uh, it might be dead. It, it almost like I can't think of one person, but we can move yeah. on. Yeah. So a uh, project that I was going back to this weekend that I was sleeping on for a couple of reasons was the uh, Jaguar 2 project by Victoria Monet. Um, this is something I've had to really think about in myself where when everybody's doing something or everybody's listening to something, I'll purposely not listen to it for weeks. Like, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm like, why are all y'all going over there? And I knew, I was excited for the project. I wanted to listen to the project. But when I see a bunch of people talking about it, it feels gimmicky to me and I'll just put it off. But this project was really, really good. Um, I There's not many projects where like, I start at the top. I like the first song, get added to my likes. Then I know the next song comes on, I do the same thing. I did that with like the first five songs on this project. And by the time I knew it, we were like almost done with the project. Top to bottom, I was really, I don't know. I was just satisfied with the work that she put out. I think uh, she used samples. She used samples like strategically. And I think that today, most people using samples, they just kind of just find a popular one and throw some bullshit out there. I don't like that. So the On My Mama uh, song, that song is fire. That song is really fire. I ain't gonna lie. No, I thought you were still... Okay, yeah. I um I remember I had talked about it like a week or two ago and I was messing with it at first mostly because of the Buju song. Like that Buju verse was absolutely crazy. Um and the beats on there were absolutely crazy. But when I actually went back, like her actual verses on there were stupid too. Like I feel like she was really rapping on there and maybe I'm just not that hip on Victoria Monet, but I hadn't heard her rapping like that well honestly i felt like she was more of an r&b artist and she was kind of i guess out of my demographic almost because 
I mean, a little older than me. She probably makes music for, music for people a little older than me. But I definitely enjoy the project. I think it's something, this is something I'll be listening to because I'm always looking for new R&B in the winter. I feel like when the winter comes, that's when my R&B really starts getting going. Yeah, she, she um, I went to look at her writing credits and stuff like that. She wrote like a ton of Ariana Grande's older music. Um, and I went back when I see a songwriter who's putting out their own music and I go check the, uh, their credits and see who they wrote for. I always go back to like that artist's music. So I went back to like some of Ariana Grande's music just to see if you can like hear similarities in, uh, just in the songs, I guess. And you definitely can, like a lot of the, the way that she delivers, uh, Ariana Grande I could hear it in this project after I went back and forth. And um, I just think the songwriters are usually the ones who are almost most reliable when putting projects out like that. Like she, um, another name that comes to mind who's also on this project is Lucky Day. Uh, he was a songwriter for us too in the same way where they're just, they're just skilled. You know what I'm saying? They can put together, they're not just putting like BS out there. They're putting stuff that they probably tested and works with other artists, which I think is kind of a cheat code in a way. In terms of new music, I had, uh, well, one more out. I'll get into the last album I was listening to this weekend, and then two more projects I think people should look out for. Um, the Ketramine Instrumental. Um, Victoria Monet had a song on the project uh, produced by Ketranada, and I think that um, one thing I want to get back to is highlighting more producers. I got content on that coming out on the socials this week, but I also want to do that on this pod. Um, Ketramine, the instrumentals. I listen to all Ketramine's instrumentals on his SoundCloud and on um, his Spotify's and stuff like that. And this one's really good too. Now that I listen to it without Amine on there, I honestly wish that some of these were just released as instrumentals without Amine on them. You know what I mean? Some of these beats were nuts and I didn't realize it because he, of how his voice is. He's just so animated that you sort of like lose some of the, pro not even production value, but it just kind of falls into the the background so if you like instrumentals and you just like stuff without the vocals i would go check this one out did you hear this i didn't hear it but i'm glad you said something about it because i heard crazy beats on there originally like i feel like that's always what's gonna stick out to me in songs like i've always been a super like i'm hearing the little guitar parts or the drums in the songs and i feel like this is something for me to listen to in the gym like i feel like i love listening to instrumentals in the gym so i'm clear this is gonna be one of those ones for me I might even have to hop on one of these. Y'all might see me come back. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, bro. This I love Ketranada. He's so he's still house. He's like house dance esque because he's still a DJ at heart. But I think you can just hear elements of hip hop throughout even the dance records or the house style records. You know what I mean? I think there's. Um, I watched an interview. It was a short interview, but an interview with Ketranada last week. And they asked him what he was listening to. And he said right now he's listening to Uncle Waffles, which I found is no surprise because I think, honestly, right now, those might still be my two favorite producers, is Uncle Waffles and uh, Ketranada. But definitely go check out Ketramine if you have a chance, if you're into that stuff. Um, and there was two more projects I want to talk about really fast. Uh, Setch put out an EP, El Bloque Hills. Um, it's just, in my opinion, it's just okay. I see every genre leaning into this like rock inspired stuff, like the rock and metal inspired stuff. And 
Setch tried that with his project. He put out like three or four of the singles on the project prior to it releasing. Um, and I just thought it was okay, honestly. There was a couple of singles I did want to highlight because there were still some good songs on there. Uh, one was Reggaeton, Reggaeton Drugs. And then the other one was, um, what was this? Uh, Pied, was that Pied Dead? Oh my God. Pied Tritas and Los Dientes, which is, I think, Diamonds in Your Teeth in the teeth or something like that but that's, that song is fire um so if you're into that rock-esque style and reggaeton this is something you might want to give a chance but personally i don't find myself going back to this project anytime soon i think his actual albums are a lot better than this so if you like such or you want to give reggaeton a try i would give that one a go and then uh the last thing i want to talk about really quickly um Cleo Soul is putting out another project on Friday called Gold. Um, I've never seen her release music this quickly, but I think after being gone two years, she probably just had a lot in the tuck. And I'm wondering if this vibe is going to be different than the one she just put out last week. Because the one last week was good, but it was just a lot slower than what people were anticipating or what I was anticipating. So I hope the vibe is different and we just get two good projects from her in two weeks. So Yeah, I'll definitely be listening to that. Um Hopefully the vibe is different. I did feel like it was kind of slow for what I was listening to at the time. Like I was, I feel like I've been listening to a lot of like Wizkid too. Like Wizkid's been coming on my shuffle a lot and it's been making me really dive back into his stuff and that type of tempo. That's where I've been at. So, okay. Did you, um, do you think, okay, let me just, let me lead this in the correct way. Usher is, uh, he announced that he's doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, I'm excited for this. I heard people, a lot of people talking about him potentially doing it prior. And so I'm excited for the performance. But a conversation that kept coming up after that was that if Usher is as big as Beyonce, um, do you think Usher is as big as Beyonce? I'm going to give you some of his stats in a bit, but just tell me your initial thoughts to that statement first. Uh, I think globally, no. I just think Beyonce is a bigger global face, too. Like, I don't feel like as many people would know Usher in Japan as people who would know Beyonce or, like, anything like that. Most countries, if you just put up two pictures, I feel like people would be able to say, oh, that's Beyonce, before they would be able to say that's Usher. But maybe I'm wrong. I kind of want to hear the stats because I'm interested to see what that is. Like, I think musically they're pretty close in my opinion like how good their music is but as far as how big they are i i would bet money that beyonce is bigger like yeah i would agree with i would agree with that statement just off rip but he has one diamond album um in confessions and then um i'm trying to see how many singles though how many diamond or platinum singles one, two, three, four, five, six. Well, one of one of them. My boo is five times, but six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Tw- he's got a. T- I don't even know how many platinum <laughs> singles, bro. But he's got a ton of platinum singles. But he, I think that. Off the rip, I would agree with you. And I don't I don't think Usher is as big as Beyonce. But I mean, that's like comparing anybody to the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of numbers, it's like 
there isn't many. I there's very few people at that point. You have to compare like, like over a career, you got to compare like Michael Jackson, Prince. Like these are the names you have to bring into that conversation of that can compete with Beyonce. So I don't really, yeah, yeah. Like what are you? I don't. I don't. I don't know why that became an argument or why it was a thing because when when did Beyonce perform at the Super Bowl? That was like, I was like, that was a minute ago. That was like a a couple years ago, right? Okay, now wait, 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 let me stop you. Rihanna or Usher? Who do you think is bigger? I still would probably say Rihanna, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would say Rihanna too. But you know what the thing is? I think we're talking about like. This is where you have to almost take it out of music, even though we're talking about music. I feel like your global brand pushes the music and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Usher doesn't have, he has some, a, a respectable brand outside of music, but like Rihanna has like fucking, she's a billionaire, Fenty type shit. Like Beyonce is just, she's a piece of culture outside of music. So I think like that's where they have the edge because that stuff almost keeps their, they keeps their name in the zeitgeist all the time which just brings their music up all the time. So it's like, I don't think it's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That true. So we'll see how this performance goes. Uh, I saw a bunch of memes on there talking about how Kiki Palmer should have been in the ad or what moments they want to see uh, at the at the, the halftime show. But I'm excited for it regardless. I think it'll be a good performance. Um, I, bro, I think Marshawn Lynch has to be top five funniest um pro athletes of all time because anytime you put a camera in front of his face he says something meme worthy bro he or he does something meme worthy like he's hilarious bro what he said he just the way they had him in the they had him in the usher thing too like they had him doing the little call thing and it was just like his aura in the video i couldn't remember exactly oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. just yeah, the way yeah. he come off the videos would be funny but... yeah he's him he's definitely him um, to wrap up, do you have any songs for us that you want to put the people on with? Any bars, any rap songs that you've really been bumping recently? Would you mind going first? Because <laughs> I don't really, I didn't really have a good song from this week. I can go first, and this is gonna, this is a rap song, so this isn't really like a vibe, but it, uh, Unknown T. Unknown T keeps making it into my fucking playlist, bro. Un- Unknown T is really him. Um, he has a, I say this every time and I feel like I'm repetitive, but as soon as I bring his music up, I have to, I feel like his flow is very, it's unique. And I can't think of anybody that raps like him recently, but this is an older song that I just found of his called Homerton, Homerton B. Um, it came out a little bit ago, but Homerton B by Unknown T. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say a song, but I will say that Lil Tekka put out an album and I didn't get to fully listen to it, but I was going to because I heard some good stuff on there. It's just called Tech. And I would definitely say go check that out because he hasn't put out an album since 2019. Actually, 2020. So that's something I would definitely go check out. Little Tech has been real good with the melodies, at least. And I mean, at least on his last project, I was definitely hearing some better verses from his first album. So go check that out. Tech by Little Tech. I had a... Um... I had a question. Did you end up, did you ever listen to that Bryson Tiller project on SoundCloud or no? Which one? He just put out a project like a month ago. Oh, no. I didn't I didn't get to hear that. But now that you said that. Next I'll week. Write that down. Yeah, I'll write that down. Yeah, next week. I went, back and, I went back and listened to it again. And I'm convinced 
I don't, I don't like, I feel like we speak in assumptions so much because we don't know these people, bro. But like, I think about the best Bryson Tiller music that has come out and it's all stuff he just kind of threw out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't he just threw out there. This he just threw out there. And this is, this is the Bryson Tiller I miss, bro. SoundCloud Tiller, where he just doesn't give a fuck. Like you hear him talk about in interviews all the time where it was like he was unsure of stuff he was putting out during his career or like he was just like not confident in it, bro. And this feels like he's in his bag right now. Like he's just doing video game streaming and just throwing shit out on SoundCloud. Like he needs to keep doing this. But go listen to that for next week. I want to know what you think about it. That was a good episode this week, man. You know what I'm saying? We we in and out. You know what I'm saying? In and out. You know, this is what we do. 24.5. Check us next week. You know what I'm saying? Back with 25.